This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Okay, welcome back. Turning now to our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Just yesterday, the province announced an emergency task force to deal with the opioid crisis. Last year, there were a total of 865 opioid deaths in the province, a 19% increase from the previous year. Firefighters will now be required to carry naloxone, which is a medication used to block the effects of opioids, especially in overdose. You can also get naloxone from your pharmacist, I believe, without a prescription. So we're joined by John Papasturgio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Hi, John. Hey, Libby. How are you doing? Sorry I couldn't be there in person. I'm actually almost there. Okay, well, we'll we'll catch you after the break. The traffic is horrendous. We know that. (laughs) Uh, So uh, this is your part in something uh, that has been getting a huge amount of attention from government. They've declared this an emergency. So where do pharmacists fit in? Absolutely. This is something I think pharmacists, uh, physicians, other healthcare providers have known as has been a huge issue for the last few years. I think the media has caught on recently. It's something uh, uh, that's a massive public health issue. And uh, pharmacy is trying to do their, their uh, role. I think uh, naloxone is a part of it for sure. So anyone on an opioid now is able to get a naloxone kit from uh, their local community pharmacy. It's free of charge. Uh, uh, you mentioned naloxone being the antidote for uh, for opioid overdose, and and what that means is it blocks the effects of uh, the opioid. So uh, it's not like a Pac-Man; it doesn't chew up uh, uh, you know opioid that's in your body, but it it blocks the effects of it at the receptor, and it blocks the side effects more specifically, which could be the respiratory uh, depression, which ultimately could cause death as well. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know one of the questions I get in the pharmacy all the time is. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not an addict. Should I have a naloxone kit? Well, this is this is the important point. It's not just for people that are abusing opioids. The reality is, we have many patients that need opioids for very legitimate reasons, cancer patients or whatnot. It's very easy to uh, take an extra dose, take a couple of extra doses for some of our elderly patients. You know, if they've forgotten if they've taken a dose and then they, you know, take a second one with some of these more potent uh, opioids. Uh, uh, to get you know the more severe side effects, you don't need to take a lot. Uh, these agents can be very, very, very uh, uh, strong. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of training all my patients. Even if you're on any kind of regular opioid regimen, let's get you a kit. Let's teach you how to use it. Uh, so uh, you know you're, you're safe at home if it if if you ever need to uh, uh, use it. 
Okay, uh, I'm going to give the numbers out because, of course, John, um, whether you're here or still uh, stuck in a bit of traffic, you are ready to take calls and questions from people both on this and any other pharmaceutical questions they have. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about naloxone, which is the antidote for an opioid overdose, uh, but you can ask other questions. And John, you mentioned teaching people how to use the kit. So what does that involve? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the kit itself, it's uh, pretty straightforward. It comes with a couple of doses of naloxone. It, it comes with two syringes uh, uh, that you use to inject it. And these uh, uh, these syringes, their needle disappears after you use it once, so you can't really have any needle stick uh, accidents after. After it comes with uh, some gloves and some alcohol swabs, and you're pretty much ready to go. One of the key key points here is if a, you know we can definitely train the patients, and it's important to have the patients understand how to use it. But if a patient is unconscious, they're not going to be able to use it on themselves. So we do spend a lot of time on the caregivers, uh, you know, family members of these patients, uh, to make sure they know how to use uh, uh, the naloxone. Also, interestingly, we have a little pilot program going on right now, and we've been asking patients before we train them, where do you inject the naloxone, and uh, Oh, uh, Libby, what, where do you think everyone's saying? Do you have any idea if I were to ask you, where, do, where would you inject naloxone? What would you say? Uh, I would have no idea, but I would I would guess either either in in your bicep or in your butt. Yeah, so you're yeah you're you're close. You can put in your bicep, <laughs> in your thigh, in your butt, anywhere there. But you know what the most common answer we get is? You what know, it's. It's in that exactly like that scene from Pulp Fiction. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, it's uh, it was surprising to us as well. And no, it's never, obviously not safe to do that in the lock zone. But uh, your needle would never be long enough, anyways. But that's that's the perception out there that you know from from the movies. You kind of uh, have to jab it into the heart or something. No, it's just just like an EpiPen, really. You know, you go into the thigh or the bicep or something like that. And in some patients, it works. Almost immediately, like uh, uh, you'll have a patient that's uh, unconscious. Once they get that dose, they're kind of up and breathing almost immediately. Uh, the effects uh, uh, are short-acting, so we, we always advise patients, even if you take a dose of naloxone, you still got to go in and make sure you get some medical care after. Very similar to an EpiPen. Uh, if you use an EpiPen, we still recommend, hey, you go in and get checked out because uh, uh, the, the effects can be short-acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, do do you train people on how to give themselves injections? I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. What we do is we train them right in the right in the uh, pharmacy in our counseling room. We'll show them how to drop the naloxone, how to inject it, and like I said before, if we could get uh, if we can get a family member in there as well or a caregiver, we'll try to train them uh, them also. Because in the kind of the worst case scenario, these patients sometimes won't be able to to uh, uh, self-administer the naloxone, and it's important to have some other people aware of how to use it. But I think the key point here is we're trying to get these kits on the street. That's the only way they'll work. And and honestly, I find uptake hasn't been great. Like we, uh, It seems like we're pushing them, and I don't know if there's a misconception out there that people feel that if they have a naloxone kit, they're at risk for addiction or they're addicts. That's definitely not the case. What we're trying to do here is just prevent, prevent accidental overdoses, uh, uh, that are happening, and we and I mean we see it in the media, we see it every day. And you mentioned, you know, over 800 deaths in Ontario alone last year. 
Um, yeah. So uh, have you actually had the opportunity to train any people or is this kind of the shout out to say, hey, uh, there's no stigma? Oh, no, no, absolutely. I would say in my pharmacies uh, already, we've given out about 200 kits. Uh, my pharmacists are being very, very proactive. They're, they're really reaching out to anyone uh, that's on chronic opioids. Uh, they're trying to they're trying to educate that group that hey it's okay to have a kid uh, um, and uh, it seems to be working but I think uh, if we could get the message out to the public the public could come in and proactively ask uh, for kits as well the pharmacies are equipped they have them they're ready to go out all you need is your health card and we'll be able to give you uh, give you a kit wow all you need is your health card you're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, John Papastergio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Uh, he uh, got through the traffic and is in the house. Welcome, John. Yeah, Thanks for be being here. Finally made it here. Okay, so we were talking about naloxone and how you can get it in your pharmacy. It's the antidote for an opioid overdose. And it's not just people who are uh, considered drug addicts, but people who take opioids for pain and inadvertently take an extra dose, it can happen. But uh, I would like to turn to something else, uh, and that is the flu shot. Flu shot especially important for Zoomers, for older people. Uh, and John is telling me that flu shots are going to be received uh, next week, October the 10th. Uh, before we get to that, let me give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So, John, you're getting, you're getting the flu, in, yeah, flu it's shots. That, that time of year, uh, you know, an important time of year, particularly for the Zoomers, but really for pretty much anyone, we recommend everyone kind of in Ontario to get their flu shot. Um, it seems like a good news story this year. We're going to get the vaccine early. So uh, I got a message yesterday that we should be receiving it in or about October 10th, which is early compared to previous years. I think that's a it's very good news given what's been going on in Australia. So with flu vaccine, Flu season and flu vaccine, we kind of predict what's going on in the other part of the world. It was a very bad flu season this year in Australia. We imagine it's going to be a, a difficult flu season here in Ontario uh, uh, this year as well. So, uh, you know, pharmacists are recommending to all their patients, all the Zoomers out there, get into your pharmacy, get that flu shot. It's free. All you need is your health card. The earlier you get it, the better. Well, yeah, um, I've been reading about this tough flu season. And, and one of the things that unfortunately happens... I think last year was pretty light flu season. Uh, is that when and and the year before that as well? Maybe am I? Yeah, we have two two uh, light years, and I know what you're going to say. It's people think, ah, you know what? I don't need the flu shot this year. It wasn't so bad last year. Uh, you know, there's so, there was some news in the media that the vaccine uh, wasn't perfect the last couple of years either. So we try to match the vaccine to the obviously the virus. It's not always a hundred percent. We never really know how good it's going to be. That being said, for those patients that have gotten the flu, and I mean really gotten the flu, not a cold, you know, you're out for you know two weeks, uh, uh, bedridden, uh, are are. Patients with risk factors, they could die from the flu, and we have a number we of have, deaths every year. I, I have to look up the number, but it's well over 200. Oh, yeah, every year. 
every year. And, and the other thing that happens to people is that it takes, if, if you have somebody who's older and gets the flu, well, they, they don't bounce back from it. So it, it can, it can, it affects people. They end up having to go into a nursing home. That unfortunately was our first topic today, substandard care in nursing homes, long waiting lists. But, but what happens after the flu is that people will uh, have a problem afterwards. They'll have to go into care. They can't take care of themselves. They lose their mobility. And it's, it can be the beginning of a spiral. So this is, this is something that's really important. Really, really important. There's a lot of myths out there with respect to vaccination. If you have any questions about those myths, call in, go to your pharmacy. The best thing you could do, I think, during flu season is get that flu shot. Uh, anyone that has uh, chronic disease, so hypertension, diabetes, all those things, we release the vaccine usually a, a week or two early for those patients, and that will be the same again this year. So if you're a senior, uh, you, you've got diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, uh, expect a call from your pharmacy or just drop in and get that vaccine first. So it's like front of the line. Front of the line service for those patients, yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> uh, hear from Linda in Burlington. Hello, Linda. Yes, hi. Um, I wanted to ask the pharmacist about the, the new flu uh, vaccine that they're recommending that uh, seniors get. I think it's called flu zone or something. Yeah, so that's the high-dose uh, flu vaccine. Uh, unfortunately, that that vaccine currently isn't covered by the ministry, so it's not one of the, uh, uh, the eligible vaccines. That being said, there is a little bit of evidence to suggest it's uh, better than the traditional uh, uh, vaccine. You can pay for it out of pocket if you want it. You know, I'm by, I, I'm by the school of thought. Let's get you vaccinated. I'm okay with the regular vaccine as well. It does work. It is very effective. Even if you get the flu and you've been vaccinated, it's going to be less attenuated than if you weren't vaccinated at all. But is it, um, do you know how much the, the high-dose flu vaccine costs? We haven't costs? got the pricing yet because it hasn't been released. But uh, you're going to have to pay out of pocket. I would say it's probably going to be over 20 bucks a dose. But uh, That not... doesn't seem like, I mean, to me, yeah, uh, it's it not, doesn't It's not seem... that bad. Yeah, if you want to pay out of pocket. You could ask for it, and uh, uh, obviously you could get that as well. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the the science behind that is that is that um, people over sixty five uh, they it doesn't work as well yeah. on them. We know that from uh, from the shingles vaccine as well. As you get uh, older. Uh, your immune response, your natural immune response is less. And we know for vaccines to work, you have to be able to generate this uh, immune response. So definitely the, the theory behind the vaccine works. I haven't seen a ton of evidence that suggests it's you know, significantly better than the vaccines that we're using. But, you know, if you're concerned about it, you have multiple risk factors, by all means, uh, uh, get the, the high-dose one. It's no problem. Okay, Linda, we, thanks. Just one quick question following that you have to go to your doctor to get that? Or yeah, we won't, you're, yeah, good question. The pharmacies won't have it, right? So you'd have to go to the doctor. You could come to the pharmacy with a prescription and we could fill it, right? But it won't okay. be part of the uh, government-funded vaccination program, unfortunately, this year. I just saw the list of vaccines. That's the first thing I looked for to see if it was on there. But right now it's not. Okay, so you, you won't stock it? Yeah, we'll have even... some doses for sure. Oh. If people come in with scripts, we'll be able to fill it. Yeah. Oh, okay, but you need a script. Yeah. Okay, uh, thanks, Linda. Let's go to John in Hamilton. Hello, John. Hi there. Um, I'm currently on uh, a cyclosporin um, uh, medication, 
which I believe affects the autoimmune system. And I'm wondering if I could still allow to take the uh, vaccine uh, for the flu. Great. That's a, an excellent question. So patients on immunosuppressants, that's what cyclosporin is. Uh, they, they're always concerned of, hey, am I able to get a vaccine? Flu shot, absolutely safe. The flu is not a live vaccine. So uh, if you were to inject the, uh, the vaccine into anyone, it can't give you the flu. It's an attenuated dead vaccine. It's, uh, it's made from parts of the flu. So uh, you can absolutely get uh, uh, the flu shot. Don't worry about it. Uh, there are certain vaccines that you can't get. So live vaccines, for example, generally what we do is we, we try to vaccinate you uh, for shingles, say, uh, before you start therapy with cyclosporin, uh, but no concerns with the flu shot there. Oh, that's super. Great. Thank you very much. No indeed. problem. Okay. Good question. Let's go to Joanne in Port McNichol. Joanne? Hello. Hello. Hello you're on the air. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's about the flu shot. I got my flu shot last year, basically because I'm a caregiver in uh, different uh, facilities and people's homes. Um, and there was a breakout at one of the facilities, and I ended up with the flu. And I had it forever. And I'd had, I had got the flu shot and um, I'm wondering about this year if they've got a better match. Yeah, good question. We don't know how well the flu, uh, if the vaccines can be matched uh, this year. Hopefully it's better. You're very right. Last year we didn't have a great match. That being said, I guarantee you if you hadn't been vaccinated, even with a, poor, a more poorly uh, matched vaccine, you would have been quite a bit sicker than you were. Uh, worst case scenario, you could have died from it. That's being very, very realistic. Uh, so the fact that you got the vaccine did offer you or did convey some protection. Uh, we're, we're hoping that we get a better match so we get less people getting sick at all. Because in the ideal kind of best case scenario, uh, you'd be exposed to flu. You wouldn't get sick at all, right? The vaccine would cover you completely. Uh, in this case, it seemed like it didn't com- cover you completely, but I guarantee you, you had an easier course than if uh, if you hadn't get va- you hadn't been vaccinated. So you never know until after. Yeah, unfortunately, but what's, not a good match. What's the situation in Australia? Was it a good match there? It was a better match this year for sure, but we're not. There's no guarantee that that's going to be the exact same strain that circulates here in North America. Uh, so they they try to predict based on the circulating strains in that part of the world. Uh, but, you know, you get mutations in the virus, you get different strains that pop up. So we could be exposed to a totally different version of the influenza virus uh, than they had over in Australia this year. And that's why sometimes the vaccine doesn't match exactly. Hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome, Joanne. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I am here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, John Papasturgio. Uh, we have a few minutes left. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We are talking about the flu vaccine, which is apparently going to be in drugstores next week, next week right hopefully. after Thanksgiving. And uh, we're expecting the flu season to be a lot worse than it was in the last two years. For sure. And one of the things we see, and we have some data now that, or some evidence that suggests uh, uh, it gives us some insight to who comes to the pharmacy to get their flu shots. And what we're seeing is it's the younger patients, younger professionals, uh, busier coming in because of the convenience and whatnot. Who we're trying to really reach out 
to now is the seniors. They tend to still go to their physicians, which is fine. But one of the advantages of coming uh, to the pharmacy is that we're we're trying to lighten the load on the on the physicians, free up their time for uh, more chronically ill patients. So if you're a senior patient that hasn't gone to the pharmacy before to get your flu shot, try it out this year. You'll find it's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you go to your doctor, usually, uh, speaking for myself, got to wait. You got to wait. We've got Sandra in Port Hope. Hello, Sandra. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. I'd like to know what is in the flu shot. I'd like to know what they are injecting into you. Well, okay, so that's a question we get all the time. Depends on which vaccine you get, right? So generally what's in the vaccine is some form of inactivated virus. So they take the virus, they kill it. The way they usually kill it is using formaldehyde. So I get questions all the time, is formaldehyde safe? Absolutely. Uh, it's safe. It's found in your body. The amount that you're injecting uh, it with the vaccine is very, very low. Then there are other adjuvants uh, that are in the vaccine. And what those try to do is stimulate your immune system. So they're put there in very trace amounts to get your, vac- to get your immune system to recognize the virus and react to it. Because if your immune system doesn't do that, the vaccine doesn't work, right? And there are uh, there are always concerns about those adjuvants. Are they safe or they're not safe? Most of the evidence that we have or all of the evidence suggests that, yes, the vaccines are safe. We've, we've vaccinated so many people. Um, are there potentials for side effects? Absolutely. The most common side effect you get is pain at the injection site. That generally will disappear after a couple of days. You can get a minor kind of flu-like symptom couple of days after. That's just your immune system ramping up because it's recognized the, the inactivated virus. In more severe cases, you can get kind of anaphylactic type reactions. Those are very, very rare. I'll tell you, I haven't seen it in my career. We've probably vaccinated 20,000 people at my pharmacy. So they can happen. I think when they do happen, they get uh, uh, overexposed uh, uh, sometimes and you hear those stories. But the reality is the, 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 the vast majority of patients aren't going to have any issue at all with the, with the flu shot. Okay. Thank you very much. No problem. You're welcome, Sandra. I think that's a pretty thorough explanation sure. of what's what's in there. Um, not a topic to get into at this point, but I know there's still some people who don't believe in vaccinations and... Yeah, and we see uh, what happens when we don't vaccinate. I mean, we saw what happened with measles. You see outbreaks of measles. These vaccine, these uh, viruses are not gone, uh, people. They could, they could come back at any, any time. If we stop vaccinating our kids, uh, you'll see a reemergence of these, uh, these uh, diseases that, for the most part, many of us haven't seen. Yep. We're uh, just about out of time, John. What would you like to leave us with? Just, yeah, it's that time of year. Get into your pharmacy. No need to make an appointment. Just show up. You'll get your flu shot. If well, you... Wait a minute. Some of them have specific hours for flu the shots. The vast majority, if we're talking shoppers, Drug Mart, you don't even have hours. You could just walk in and get, get a shot as long as the vaccine's available. We're hoping for October 10th. That's what they've told us. Sometimes they're a few days uh, late. Uh, Occasionally, they're a little bit early, but uh, around that time, we should get it. But I think the key point here is get vaccinated early. You don't want to wait till January. Uh, by that time, it's still okay, but you may you may have missed the, the, the outbreak by then. Okay. That's all the time we have. Thanks to John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.